Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, the Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. We keep pushing. We're now at episode 160 of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. And as you listen to the podcast today, uh, as always, we ask you to let someone know about it, whether it's in your small group or Facebook, Twitter, Life Connection group, maybe even text them, maybe even a phone call. I know that's that's uh, very unusual to say these days. But anyway, whatever it takes to invite people to come and be a part of what we're talking about, connecting the Word of God to everything we do on a daily basis. Um you know, I, I'd really, I say this a lot, Pastor, but there are people out there that just really don't understand the connection that the Bible has to everyday life. And they think it's a book that we use on Sunday, and then the rest of the week is, is you know, just one of those things. But what we're going to talk about today, I think, is going to really help us connect some of those dots at the Word of God. I think so. I hope so. Even though it's not an economic book, I think that we can learn uh, economic principles of how to live our lives, whether we run a country uh, or whether we're in a, you know, an individual family and yeah, how do we yeah. deal with the financial difficulties that we're facing right yeah. now? So the Bible does have a lot to say about financial stewardship and responsibility. The Bible has a lot to say about money. So I think today it is going to be really helpful as we think about the time we're living in and how scripture informs us and we're battling inflation, recession, all those kinds of things. And You've been through this before, Pops, haven't you? Oh, yeah. You've been through lots of recessions. Yeah, the issue is, is uh, you know, I, I've been saving for 40 years in the ministry, and I have hit, been hit twice really hard now. Have you? And so, the, you know, you see it go up, you see it go down, and uh, I'm talking about retirement. Yeah. And it's just uh, it's nowhere near what you expect. And everybody says, well, just keep it in. Well, we did. We didn't do anything with it, but it's still just. But you're never going to retire, right? Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I mean, I'm you're, not. You're I am not. still doing this at 95 years old. You're still going to be going strong. <laughs> I am not living to retire. I'm going to retire at lunch on the day of my funeral. <laughs> <laughs> well, what would you do if you retired? You have any I, idea? You have any, you have any retirement I, dreams? I do not. You don't. I've done everything I want to do. You, you've done everything you want to do. I mean, I've checked every. I, I don't want to climb Mount Everest, so well, I don't have to check that one. You don't have but, to check that one. Uh, I don't want to jump out of a perfectly good airplane. I mean, you know, all these things that people have. But, but uh, you know, when it comes to retirement, I mean, really, uh, to think of all the things that God has allowed me to do, yeah. one of my bucket list things, you helped me fulfill, and that was going to Israel. Oh, that, well, I'm glad I got to help that you was a, that. You know, I never thought I'd see that this side of heaven. Yeah. But uh, anyway, you know, so... I, I'm like, I, I don't have like, oh, I'm going to get a giant uh, I have retirement RV. Dreams. I have then, retirement dreams. Now I would like to live on the beach. Well, you do. You're in Charleston. <laughs> no, I mean on the beach. On the beach in a tent. Like I used to. No, like I used to. You know, yeah. that was uh, that was cool. But those, those days, days are never long happen. gone, man. Yeah. It's too expensive to do that now. You're right. I want the RV, man. I want the RV and I want to travel the country. And I really want to do that. It'd be a lot of fun. Well, good. I, I'm proud of I mean, I just don't. I don't think it's ever going to happen. There. Yeah, well, not. anyway. So so we want to talk today about how to recession-proof your life. Yes. Because right now, we 
we may be in a recession. Mm. At least that's what the GDP numbers said last mm-hmm. week. And if you watch the media, that's all you're hearing is recession, recession, recession. Some of us are feeling the pains of inflation yes. uh, big time, right? And especially if, if you're someone who, who tends to struggle month to month with paychecks and all those kind of things, it's hitting you hard, right? Some of you may, may have been a little better prepared for the inflation. Who knows where you are financially? That's, that's neither here nor there. But for all of us, and regardless of your financial shape, prices have gone up everywhere. Yeah, they have. Milk's expensive, Pops. Yeah, well, it's not the milk. It's like uh, meat and yeah, vegetables man. are like crazy expensive. It is, isn't it? I mean, what, a pound of ground beef is like $45 now, and chicken's what's really expensive. It's all, it's just man, crazy. Yeah, I think I, I paid, it's like 8 $9 a pound for chicken. It's I'm ready to start raising my own chickens and eggs. They won't let us in hand. I'm about to say you might have HOA issues. If you, yeah, well, <laughs> have you ever, I mean, I've, I've killed a chicken before. You have. Yes, in Russia. That's a long story I, for another day, but I, don't, I did. I don't and, ever want to do that. Yeah, I, I, I killed a chicken and defeathered it and cleaned it, and it was awful. I don't I want, want somebody I'll, else to do that. I'd rather pay $9 a pound for chicken Amen. than do that. It is wild. Uh, but but prices of meat are up. Eggs. I, I'm at the, I don't shop at Publix a whole lot because it's expensive, mm-hmm. but we, we we needed some eggs, and I went, went and ran to Publix to get some eggs. I think I paid four something, a yep, dozen right. for eggs. Yep. It's wild. I remember, you know, a year ago, you could get them for a buck and a half at, yeah. the, at the at the Lidl. Stacy loves that store, the Lidl. <laughs> but you know, eggs have gotten expensive. Gas, oh my goodness, it's coming down a little bit, but still not what we had a, a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was what a few weeks ago it was four fifty a gallon. Mm. That's unbelievable, right? And you know, I my family, well, Stacy and I, we drove to Orlando last month for that conference we did, and then we turned around and drove to New Orleans. We spent a bunch of money last month yeah. on gas. It was expensive. And so every one of us, we're feeling the, the pain of inflation and high prices. Hopefully it'll come back down at some point, but who knows when that will be. And if you're like me, you know, middle income family, man, it, it really does sting when you're paying those high prices Definitely. for everything. And now, you know, talk of recession and, you know, what recession leads to for, for some of us will be, you know, cutting back on hours at work because our, you know, our businesses are cutting back or even layoffs or anything like that. I mean, and so these can be tough times for lots of people. And so how do we recession proof our lives? Now here's the reality is that, you know, this isn't the first time this has happened. No. And it's not going to be the last time. It's not going to be the last time it's happened. So, so we're just going to give you some, some principles, I think, today that will help you as you think about how to, to live through this season where we're seeing high prices everywhere and we're in maybe a recession and what that might look like. So, so I, I think the Bible does help us to think through mm-hmm. how we live with financial wisdom mm-hmm. when finances are kind of tight. Amen. That's what uh, we need to do this. Yep. So let's jump in. All right, so how to recession-proof your life. Let's talk about this one first, and I think this actually is a big one because we have a consumer confidence economy. So first thing you need to do is turn off the noise. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean by I say that, turn off the noise? Yes. What do I mean? I'm talking about everybody that's <laughs> downplaying stop. everything and everything going on in the news. Yeah, and the, stop listening to the news. The Twitter. And the, and the Twitter and the uh, face because, uh, because it, that – Here's what the media, and I don't know if you know this, Trey, you probably know this, I think, but you know what the media wants to do? Tell me. They want to tell you that your life is miserable. Oh, yeah, because that's how they... That's how they get ratings. They don't get ratings on good news, right? They don't get ratings on good news. They get ratings on bad news. Mm. 
the worse life is, the more we tune in and watch. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it works. And so, so when you watch news, when you are on media, you can assume that what they're telling you is worst case scenario. Oh, of course. It just really is. And actually, sometimes I think it's worse than the worst case scenario. <laughs> right. They, they I mean, say, here's what it could happen, but it's probably yeah. worse. And so, so when every time we go through financial struggles as a nation, mm. I mean, it, it's, it's going to be another Great Depression, mm-hmm. right? It's going to be like the 20s all over again. You, you're going to be in line for food, all those kinds of things. And so that's kind of the, the, the way that the media spins it is this, mm-hmm. is this is terrible. When the reality is recessions and, and economic downturns, they happen a lot. They do. Since 19, let me give you a statistics. Since 1948, there have been 11 recessions in our nation. Wow. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Can you name those 11 recessions? I can name two of them. You can name two? That's the only two I remember because, uh, of course, we had one um, during- Well, 2008 was the big one. 2008, 2009. Right. That was a really bad one. And then I remember the one with Nixon, and he did all the- I wasn't alive then. That was back in your time. But I remember that because they actually put limits on what you could charge people. They limited charges on things. Um, And that was a huge mistake. Um, Because when you do that, hyperinflation happens right afterwards when you release them. Anyway, yeah, I remember those two. Well, I remember 2008 because I actually bought a house during that time. It oh, was my wild t- Yeah, it was yeah. a bad time. to. I sold a house and bought a house. That's another story for another day, but that was a bad time to do that. And um, ended up losing money, on, but that's another story. <laughs> um, and then then I remember just because it was the, the big deal, right? The dot-com bubble in 2000. I don't oh, know yeah. if that was really a recession. I remember or what, but I remember, I remember those two one, things yeah. pretty clearly. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, most of us who've, who've lived for a while, we can't name the number of recessions or we can't uh, remember the years that these recessions took place. We, mm-hmm. we just don't. In fact, uh, if you think about it, do the math, there's a recession about every six years. They say that's pretty much the That's pretty cycle. much the way it goes. That's, that's a cycle, cycle, right? Yeah. And and the media is going to lead you to believe every time there's inflation, every time there's, you know, a recession, man, it's going to get terrible and, you know, you're going to run out of money and you're going to have to stand in food lines and all those case, all those things. But that's just not the reality. The reality is it's temporary, mm-hmm. right? It's temporary. We're going to get through this. The recession isn't going to last forever. The average recession lasts anywhere from a year to 18 months. I mean, they don't last that long. And then we get back on a, a growth trajectory mm-hmm. as a nation. And so so if you are fearing the worst, probably the best thing you can do is just turn off turn the noise. Off the turn noise. off the noise. Now, no, we're not minimizing the pain. I mean, we're all feeling it. We're all feeling the, the pain of gas prices and the uh, rising cost of groceries and all those kind of things. But but. According to history, right, it is temporary. We will get back to some semblance of normalcy before too long. So turn off the noise. I remember one thing that my mom and dad taught me because they did not do it, and that is make sure when you get when you buy a house, yeah. you have your interest rate locked in. Yeah, you don't oh. do this moving interest rate yeah. stuff. Man, I, I feel uh, for people on how to buy a house right now with the high interest rates. But yeah. even with that, I mean, yeah. for some of you who might be in the housing market right now buying a house, the rates will come back down. Mm-hmm. You can refinance. I mean, so so there's, I mean. It doesn't make any easier right now. I understand that. But all these things are temporary. And so just understanding that and turning off the noise and not believing the noise that's telling you everything's just going to be terrible, terrible, terrible. Mm -hmm. It's not true. Well, if we turn off something, I always think we need to replace that turn off. So we need to turn on the truth. Yeah. And so that's where we really get into scripture because scripture does help us to understand how to walk through times like these because scripture does speak a lot uh, to, to how we view and how we um, use the financial resources that God has given us. And and I think one of the, the most helpful passages in the Bible regarding finances is Matthew chapter 6. You probably are very familiar with what Jesus says in Matthew 6, 19. Do not lay up for yourselves 
treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, but instead lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. I think what happens during these economic downturns is that what it really does, it reveals where our hearts really lie. Mm. Now, I, now, now I, I know that that is a struggle. I mean, we, we're struggling, right? I mean, it's hard when you have to make two uh, long trips in a month and you have to pay those high gas prices. That required a lot of budgeting, a lot of cuts to be able to go see Stacy's family and to be able to go to, yeah. to Orlando. So I get that struggle. We're in that struggle with you. But, but um, you know, what, what I think these economic downturns do show us is, is just how much we put our faith in, um, you know, our money, mm-hmm. right? And, and so... It, Regardless of whether the, the economy is great or the economy is not so great, it doesn't change the biblical principle. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, right? Now, now here's what's interesting about that passage. So you have Jesus who talks about in that verse, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on this earth, but treasures in heaven. Mm-hmm. And, and then he goes on to talk about anxiety and worry. Yeah. Right. Uh, don't worry about tomorrow because, uh, you know, today has enough, enough things to take care of. And look at how God takes care of the, the lilies of the field and the birds of the air. Don't you think he can take care of you? Right. And so so in the context, when Jesus is talking about worry, he's talking about worry in the midst of financial struggles. Yeah, he is. Right. Because he had just talked about lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And he's going to end that 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 uh, section of teaching with saying what? Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. Mm-hmm. Right. And so Jesus is just very clear. Hey, you're going to have some financial struggles, right? It's, it, that's life. But don't worry. God is more than able to provide for Amen. you. And I think, you know, I've seen that over the course of my life. And, and, and if you're a follower of Jesus, you've probably seen that as well, uh, that, that you're not immune from some financial difficulties. There are tight times. And, and you've been through those tight times. Maybe you've been laid off from a job or maybe you're just getting started out with and, and you're, you're, you know, you're in your young, young, younger years, you're in your early 20s. And I remember being in my early 20s, it was a financial financial struggle, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're just getting started in your career and all those kinds of things. But whatever the scenario might be, man, if you follow Christ faithfully, you will see him provide in just numerous and miraculous ways. I believe that when we go through these financial difficulties, and we all will, uh, you know, that is the opportunity we ha- we get to have to see the Lord supernaturally yeah. work. Yeah. Because, you know, we're so used to, you know, having it all laid out on a piece yeah. of paper and this is my tithe. And, and then, you know, immediately, I want to say uh, many people, but I don't want to say everyone, when this type of thing happens, they immediately start saying, well, we can cut the tithe back yeah, yeah. or we can cut our giving back yeah. or whatever it is. And we always felt like when these times come as we give a little bit more mm. because we feel like we want to supernaturally see God work. Yeah, yeah. And we've, we've done that multiple times where yeah. uh, we were in a very tight situation. At one point Kelly says, we just can't, we just, we just can't give this week. And I said, really? Why? And she told me, and I said, well, that's great. Let's double it. <laughs> And we did. Oh, good for you. We doubled it. Yeah. On purpose to remind us that our supply is not our our employment. Yeah, our yeah. supply is our Lord. Yeah. yeah. So. And if you think about it, Pops, I mean, in, in a first century context, when Jesus said these words to that audience that was listening, uh, they were facing far more dire financial circumstances than what we're facing. Way more. Right? They they were under Roman oppression. They were being taxed like crazy. Mm-hmm. They really did wonder a lot of times where their next meal was coming from. Yeah. You know, that's just the way the way they lived. It was a, a, a time of immense poverty for a lot of people in, in, in ancient Galilee. And so when Jesus, you know, says these words, he says, listen. No, think about yeah. the kingdom and think about laying up for yourselves. Keep the eternal perspective in mind, exactly. right? And and let God take care of these other details of your life, right? Exactly. All right. Well, number three, 
be wise with what God has given you. Yeah. So, so this is just a real, you know, basic scriptural principle, right? So, so the idea of, of knowing that everything that, that we have, God has given to us and understanding that we're to be good stewards of what God has given us. And, and then, then just to think through, um, you know, the reality that, that this is a good time for you, right? This is a good time for you in these financial, crazy, financially crazy days, uh, to kind of think through some of the basic things, right? Mm-hmm. Evaluate where you are in your own financial situation, right? Listen to this. Proverbs 21, 5 says this, the plans of the diligent certainly lead to profit, but anyone who is reckless certainly becomes poor. Mm-hmm. The plan of the diligent certainly leads to profit. So it is good. it's good to plan. Yeah. It's just getting back to the basics. When you go through those financial struggles, it's good to get back to those basics that sometimes we forget to do. So do you think when it's talking about plans that we could certainly bring into our, uh, our budget into that? I mean, yes, there's a lot of people that don't have a budget. They yes. just kind of spend money yes. as they want to sort of thing. Yes. And so I, I know that that for, for, for Stacy and for, uh, for when we when we started our marriage, we were pretty diligent with with budgeting and kind of working that mm-hmm. Dave Ramsey plan, all those kind of things. And, and over the years, we don't do it as strictly as maybe we, we should or, or have in the past. But but we still have a good idea of what's coming in, and what's going out. And we, we do live by that basic principle, right? right. Of, right. of, you know, uh, spend less than you make. Mm-hmm. Man, if people would just do that. Yeah, it would probably revolutionize their lives a little bit. Just spend less than you make, right? And so, so it is a good time now when you go through these financial downturns. It's just to, to, to rework that budget, to put a plan on paper. This is what we got yeah, coming like in, that. and this is what's going out, and, and this is where we're going to cut. This is where we're going to save. Um, you know, I do a lot of, of premarital counseling, and, and part of premarital counseling is, is helping uh, those couples that are looking toward marriage, teaching them how to, to, to budget and how to work a budget. Mm-hmm. And, and we'll, we'll walk through the whole process of, laying down their expenses and and, and, and in every area and then kind of look into what their financial goals are and all those kind of things. And, and every time I work with a couple with, with a budget is one, it's amazing to me how many people have never thought about doing a budget. And two, every single time those couples will look at me and say, we had no idea we were spending our money in this way. Yeah. They're just amazed. Like, like they, because what we have a tendency to do with that credit card is just to swipe it, yeah. right? We don't think about, you know, that eating out three or four times a week. It really does end up over the course of a month being about five, six hundred dollars, right? Yeah. Or and whatever the case may that be. That doesn't take long. No, no, to get no. To five it or doesn't. It doesn't. And so, so we just don't think about when we're spending it. And so then, you know, the whole Dave Ramsey principle of giving every dollar a name, right? Yeah. Creating that budget like where that you idea. know where that money is going during a financial downturn. I mean, that's a really good time to, to go back to those basic principles of budgeting and evaluating and, and where can I cut? What do I need to, you know, eat a Chick-fil-A five times a week or whatever the case may be. Mm. I mean, it's a good time, right. To just kind of reevaluate the way that you're spending. And, and especially if you're looking at, um, maybe, a um, loss of hours at work or whatever the case may be, um, it's a good time just to really evaluate. And then, then going back to those Dave Ramsey principles as well. Um, if you're able to, right putting money aside and building up that, that nest egg or what Dave Ramsey calls that emergency yeah. fund. It's just super important, right? So, so that's just being wise with the resources that God has given you, not being wasteful, but being wise with what God has given you. And so we would certainly, I would certainly recommend, you know, if you have never done so to go through one of those Dave Ramsey classes and that financial peace university that he does, because the reason why, you know, um, 
he is so successful, I think, uh, is because it's simple and it works. Yeah. I anybody agree. can do it. Mm-hmm. It just takes discipline. Like anything else in life, it takes mm-hmm. discipline. But anybody who has a job, right, uh, can, can manage their money well, can pay down their debt and find some financial freedom. You don't have to make a lot of money to, yeah. to do that, right? And I like what he does with, with the emergency fund for the simple reason that nobody builds margin into their life. Right. Our car is never going to break. Yeah. The washing machine's never going to go out. We're never going to have plumbing issues. How realistic is that? Not. Right, right, right. And yet we we build that way. Yeah. Oh no, the, I got to buy buy a new uh, toilet for the yeah. bathroom. You know, and what having that emergency fund for us when we uh, started for about the third time uh, about uh, eight years ago, seven eight years ago, um, that that margin was huge yeah. because you know what happened immediately our car needed tires. <laughs> right. That's the way it works. But but we had the margin. Yeah, we had right. that emergency right. fund saved back. And I will say this, one good thing to build a margin, and I like what he does with this, and especially during recession, is have some yard sales. Get yeah. rid of some yeah. of that yeah. junk. Get rid of some of that stuff. People are looking for bargains because it's recession. They need things. Put it out in the yard. Sell it, man. And put that in your emergency yeah. fund is yeah. a great way to start. Yeah. And, and again, he's real, he's real um, you know, strict on some of the things does like he, he he'll talk about you know if you got a car that you can't afford sell it yeah you know, all those kind of things which you know is a shock to a lot of people but <laughs> you know and again it's in in the culture that we live in we are a people that are very materialistic mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and we don't need to be and and just being wise with those resources that god has given you especially in a time right now where in inflation just kind of thinking back through that is really really helpful so you know if you've never thought about budgeting or how to save well or evaluating your expenses um again check out something like financial peace university or send me an email i'd love to, to connect with you I, I enjoy walking people through that process sure. i mean uh, you know it's, it's it's been a big big help to, to me and to my wife kind of thinking through those things and yeah when you do marriage counseling do you actually help them make a budget absolutely yeah i do the same absolutely. thing absolutely so we'll that's huge for a, a new married huge. couple it, it really is and you know it's, it's important all right number four when we're talking about recession proof uh proofing our lives uh be resourceful with the abilities that god has given you yeah. this, this is the old side hustle yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right that's exactly right now you know I think we live in a day and age where uh, side hustles are talked about more than ever before, right? And we live in a day and age where there's just there's just lots of opportunity mm-hmm. to make extra cash. But listen to this, this scripture. Uh, Proverbs 10, uh, 4 and 5 say this. Idle hands make one poor, but diligent hands bring riches. The son who gathers during summer is prudent. The son who sleeps during harvest is disgraceful. Mm. Yeah. Idle hands make one poor, but diligent hands bring riches. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I heard a wealthy man say one time, I, I knew this guy who was rather wealthy, and we were talking about finances one time, and he said this. He said, there's a lot of money out there. You just got to find a way to get it. Yeah, he's <laughs> right. Know? He's absolutely right. No, but I'm not saying that to say you need to get wealthy at all. But I am saying, you know, I mean, uh, we, we knew this year that, that um, um we were going to have some extra expenses. Mm-hmm. We, we had saved for those extra expenses, but you know, uh, my oldest son needed braces. Braces are expensive, Ooh, right? And so, expensive. you know what? I mean, uh, th- there are some things that I can do to make some extra cash to help pay off those braces, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I-, I can teach piano. 
And so mm-hmm. I picked up a couple more piano students. I, it, it doesn't take me long, right? I teach a couple hours a week, but it's, it's, it's pretty decent extra money. And so there are things like that, that every one of us, we have abilities and skills and using those abilities and skills to, to make a little extra cash isn't a bad thing. And so it's just kind of thinking about, okay, if you're in a, a spot where maybe you, you have lost some of those hours at work or you're looking at a layoff, what can you do to make some extra cash? And mm-hmm. it, I mean, just think about the opportunities there are today, right? Whether it's DoorDash, whether it's Uber driving, mm-hmm. whether the case may be there there are some simple ways uh that that you and 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 thinking about i mean and and i keep quoting dave ramsey but man we went we went and picked up while we're in new orleans domino's pizza yeah yeah man they are begging for drivers yeah i know they are really you can get a bonus and make pretty decent money driving and delivering pizza i mean there's just all (laughs) kinds of ways right now that that it might not be the most glamorous job it might might not be what you want to do i get all that but in these economic downturns when you need that extra cash uh, there certainly are those side hustles those things that you can do to bring in some extra income. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you know, if you have that college education, I mean, you can, or I don't even know if you have to have a college education, no, substitute at your local school. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of ways that you can make that extra income. And during these times of, of economic downturn, I mean, it, it picking up those side hustles is, is really, really uh, helpful in a lot of ways. And so just kind of think through that. What are mm-hmm. some ways that I can bring that won't, you know, take, you know, too much of my time, but what are those ways that I can maybe produce some extra income to help my family? Everybody says to me, uh, why not try? And uh, I'll give them an example and they'll say, I can't do that. Yeah. So, okay, well, let's quit saying what you can't do. Let's find out what you can do yeah. and let's work with yeah. that. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's a matter of saying, okay, this is what I can do. You, you can know, do some voiceovers, Pops. You've yeah, got the, the golden voice, man. You can make millions and millions of dollars. I wrote that down. <laughs> well, you could do it. Okay. So be resourceful with the abilities God has given you. Number five, and we'll finish with this one, uh, be generous with what God has given you. I yeah. think this is a big one. Yeah. So you think about what Paul says in, in 2 Corinthians 9, that God loves a cheerful Amen. Giver, Amen. Right? I, I want to provide for my family well, and I, I'm thankful that God has has allowed us over the years to uh, to provide for our family well. Uh, but but even more than that, what I want to do is is be generous with what God has given me, mm-hmm. and and so so listen, like you said earlier, pops. I mean those those economic downturns, those those financial hardships, uh, they do not excuse you from your responsibility as a follower of Jesus to be generous as God leads you to give, mm-hmm. right? And and there there is there is to me there's nothing more joy giving being able to be a blessing to others, whatever that looks like, whether it's with my time, mm-hmm. whether it's with my, my abilities or my financial resources, it is a great joy not to hoard things and hold on to them. This is what Jesus talks about. Don't lay up for yourselves treasures on this earth, mm-hmm. but treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy. The reality is, and you know this, Trey, like I do, uh, that, that nothing that I have am I going to be able to take with me. That's Everything right. that I have at some point and is going to be garbage, mm-hmm. right? That 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 car that I bought, right? There's gonna be a day when it doesn't run anymore. Exactly. Uh, the the house that I bought, there's gonna be a day that it's falling apart. Mm-hmm. All these things that I've collected over the years, they are gonna end up in a in a heap of trash someday. Uh, but the 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 uh, investment I make in the lives of others, whether it's a financial investment by helping someone who's in need, giving to my local church, whatever the case may be, that investment is eternal. Amen. And so it is much more um, life-giving and joy-filled to be generous with what God has given me than to hoard for myself. And it may be that for some of us, the way to financial freedom is to shift our perspective of wealth. Wow. And instead of trying to get what you can gain out of life, 
uh, instead giving in a way that brings honor and glory to God. Trey, I, I, don't, I don't say this to brag. I say this to testify to, to God's goodness. Um, I cannot remember the last time that I did not uh, give financially to my local church, yeah, right? We, we've, we've always, uh, done, uh, done the tithe. Uh, to, now we, that's another conversation for another day, but we've always done the tithe and we've always tried to do we a little do bit better plus. than that as well over yeah. the years. And, and I've done that since I, I can't, I mean, since a teenager, I mean, I, I can't remember when I didn't give and, and I, and I tell people this all the time, and this is not to, to brag, please don't hear it that way. This is just a testify to the Lord's goodness in, in, in my life. Uh, there has never been a time that are regretted giving financially never, to the Lord, not Lord to the Lord. There's never been a time where I made the decision to to maybe help someone um, out, and and I regretted that. There's never been a time when I lived an open handed life and regretted living an open handed life before God. Uh, you know, we uh, I, I feel like we do a, a pretty good job of giving, right? Mm. And and every month when we give our you know. Our, our financial gift to the church or whatever organization that we're supporting, uh, because there's a couple of organizations that we support. Um, you know, I, I never miss that check. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, I never write that check and say, man, I wish I didn't have to write this. I, I just don't, you know what I'm saying? And God has blessed that over the years. There's something uh, significant spiritually about living an open handed life. And there is much joy when I'm able uh, to, to financially be a blessing uh, to my church and to to, to 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 other ministries and organizations for the sake of the kingdom of God. Amen. It really is a good thing. You know, I think uh, one of the wisdom uh, things of wisdom that God gave us is He calls it the first fruits. Yeah. And so, if you give off the top, yeah, before you get to the end of the month, yeah. And that's what ends up happening. You get to the end of the month, you go, oh my heavens! But you give at the top. It is amazing how God will supply the rest. Yeah. But you wait till the end of the month. <laughs> right. It's tough. Well, so. and here's the deal, Pops. I mean, this is what we learned a long time ago. Giving generously, it requires budgeting. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. I mean, there there are financial decisions we've had to make to, to live below our means mm-hmm. so that we can give generously. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's, that's just part of it. But, but that's a priority for us. A priority for us because we, we know how much God has blessed us. Mm-hmm. It's a priority for us to be a blessing. And so, so, so we've had to be... Uh, you know, pretty, pretty careful with our budget so that we can do those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And, and, and again, for me, it's just been amazing to see how God has, has been at work in, in the life of my family. And I think because of that commitment to, um, to be a blessing for the sake of the kingdom, man, just listen, at the end of the day, uh, you know, we all have go through our financial hardships from time to time, but having that you eternal sure perspective of money that it doesn't belong to me, it belongs to God. And no matter what I'm going through, I'm going to be faithful uh, to the Lord, what he has given me. And I don't know what that looks like for you. I'm not trying to guilt you into giving. That's not the point of this, of but not. it is to say, Hey, yeah. there's something spiritually significant about having that eternal perspective and realizing that with that anything you have, whether it's a little or a lot, mm-hmm. uh, that, that God has given it to you to be a good steward of and to use it for his kingdom glory. Amen. Well, pastor, I think this has been great. Uh, this is really where the rubber meets the road it really when is. it comes to our finances. This is where we live. This is who we are. And this is the opportunity we get to have to see God supernaturally Absolutely. work. So Absolutely. Looking forward to that. So as we uh, pr- plan and prepare our finances for the upcoming possible reception, uh, recession, not this reception. not reception. There ain't going to be anything fun. <laughs> we might be re- anyway, yeah. uh, as we do that, uh, get us ready for next week. I do hope today has been helpful for you. And if it has been helpful, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you can have new content delivered to your device every single week leave us a five-star review that helps us to get word out about the podcast and as always we hope today's episode has helped you connect faith to life